hard during these scary and unpredictable times. I mean, how does one have hope? I feel like I'm in a constant state of fear. Thank God I'm sober, or I think I'd be under my bed or in my closet chugging a cheap bottle of vodka. Me too, definitely. The only way I can stay sober is using my higher power, honestly. Wouldn't believe her. Hi guys, welcome back to Secrets of a Sober Mom. Today I am talking with my friend Tara. And Tara and I met in AA. Um, and I've always loved what she had to share. And she was just someone, she was one of those who, when she spoke, I, I really, I really listened. And there was always something that she said that resonated with me. And when I was looking for a new sponsor, and we'll get into sponsorship, um, we'll touch on sponsorship a little bit later. But when I was looking for a new sponsor, a mutual friend said, oh, you've got to reach out to Tara. She's awesome. I think you guys will really connect. And I did. And even though, you know, the world turned upside down and everything that has to do with recovery and AA and sponsorship is just so different. Um, you know, um, I'm grateful that, you know, you're always there if I need to reach out or connect. So I have Tara and hi, <laughs> what an introduction. I know, <laughs> I know right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I, and I feel exactly the same way about you, you know, seeing you in the front row and, and how hard you've worked, you know, over the years to stay sober, you know, through some really tough things. I, um, I really, I admire you and, and your work uh, in the program. And, you know, it's funny because when I came back, I moved back from Florida, um, I felt like I had to start all over again, you know, in this program. And, you know, I had my three kids moving a house, um, my husband starting a new job. And I just reconnected right away because I had lived here before and I had been going to this meeting um, at 7.15 a.m. every day before I moved to Florida and then moving back, I just went to the meeting and I made all new friends and old friends and Everybody remembered me and it was like, you know, a built-in family. I remember, I remember when you came back, you brought, you brought a kid, right? <laughs> yes. So yeah, no, I, I remember that. I remember that. And what I really, what made me feel really good um, was, you know, we were, you know, we live in the same town, you know, so that was, you know, that was a connection that made me that made me feel good because I talk about this a lot and I don't want to get into this now, but you know, I, I, everyone has, how do I say it? Everyone has a different, you know, relationship with, you know, um, with the people in, you know, the rooms of AA and everyone kind of approaches the meeting differently. And, um, what made me, you know, and I, and I've gotten to know so many people from all walks of life, you know, in, you know, in every way. And I've met the most, you know, wonderful and amazing people in the room, but what helped me, especially at the beginning, especially at the beginning was, you know, finding people that I could relate to and people, you know, 
like myself. Um, because so many, when I first got sober, there were so many people that said, oh my God, you know, you like, how could you be an alcoholic? How could your life have fallen apart? You know, your life looked, you know, like X, Y, and Z on the outside. And, and, you know, when I meet someone else who, you know, had a situation that maybe is similar, you know, to myself, our circumstances were different, but kind of a life similar to myself. It just, it just make, it, it made me feel less alone. It made me feel less alone. So, um, so I, you know, yeah, for me, for me, you know, that that's important, but, um, and you that's know, where and I'm sorry. That's where hope comes in, you know, when exactly in the rooms and they have a similar situation, um, you know, whether it be spiritually, emotionally, financially, you know, background wise, whatever it is, you feel this connection to them because they have the same disease as you. And so that if you see them doing well, you say, well, if they can do it, I can do it, you know, and exactly. that, that's the best part about the program um, when you come in, because you feel so lonely, you know, you just yeah. feel alone and it's only me and me against the world, you know, and nobody knows what I'm going through and how could they possibly understand? And I just had no idea what Alcoholics Anonymous was um, when I walked in and I thought it was a bunch of old men smoking cigarettes in a room talking, yep. whatever. And I had no idea that there were so many women and so many moms that struggled with the same thing that I struggle with every day. Right. Yeah. And the mom thing, I mean, the mom, you know, the mom component is, you know, is huge because, you know, that, you know, that is, that is, look, I, I, I stopped drinking because I didn't want to die, but you know, I got sober for my kids. I got sober because I wanted to live and I wanted my kids to have a sober mom. And every single day, you know, they're, you know, they're my guiding light. I look at them and, you know, they're, they're my, they're my guiding light. Well, they say, you know, when you get sober, you change three generations, you change your own generation, your kid's generation and the following generation, their kids. But I also think that you change the previous generation. Cause my dad actually got sober a couple of years ago after oh. I got sober. I was 10 years sober when he got sober. Um, I don't know if I knew that. So yeah, it's really interesting. So that that gives me hope too, because it's like if my dad at 69 years old um, can get sober, you know, and love this program, then that means anybody can get sober. You know, it's the most beautiful thing that he has found the same love and connection to a higher power and to a community that I have, you know, found in this program and he lives a hundred miles away. Um, but they enveloped him, you know, just like they enveloped me when I came in and gave me the support that I needed. They loved me until I could love myself. Right. Because when right. I, came I love in, that saying. I hated myself. I was like, yeah. I am a gross, you know, drinking drunk, you know, and, yeah. I, yeah. and nobody loves me, you know, so I couldn't love myself. I hated myself. And until I got that, um, that feeling of peace, you know, from doing the steps and from going to meetings and from feeling that hope, um, there was no way to love myself. You know, I had done so many things that I just thought I would never do. And 
I felt such guilt over that, you know, and I really needed yep. to pass the guilt and, and the steps got me past the guilt. And I was able to realize that that the problems, the things that I went through were um, actually the tools that I use today with my sponsees, right? So like with you, when I meet with you, I tell you what my story was and what struggles I went through. And you say, wow, she's been through some similar stuff that I've been through. Yeah, yeah. I really identify with this person. I can trust this person, you know? And if someone hasn't been through what you've been through, it's tough to get to the bottom and, and to really be honest with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I knew when I when I first came into the rooms, I, I mean, I, I didn't come in because I wanted to stop drinking. I came in because um, Family Services, who was involved in my life, said, you know, you need to go to AA. Um, and I needed to do, you know, an outpatient program. And eventually, you know, I went to rehab. But I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to come into the room. And when I came in, you know, kicking and screaming, um, I thought I was just going to sit and learn how to drink like a normal person. I really had no, it wasn't, I mean, I was at that point, you know, when things were just so horrific in my life, you know, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to stop drinking. I mean, I didn't know how to stop drinking. I didn't know if I could stop drinking. And I just thought, I mean, I've said this a million times and it's, it, I, you know, it's so silly, but I just thought if I could drink like a normal person, then everything would be, would be great. And of course, as we know, there is no such thing. Um, and uh, once I got my ass in that seat and started listening and got a sponsor and did the things that people were telling me to do. It wasn't until then that I really embraced the program and understood it. And I immediately, you know, got a sponsor and went through the steps and I didn't understand anything about, about sponsorship. I really didn't. I just knew that I was told to get a sponsor and she was great. She was great. You know, she told me to read certain things in the big book and I read certain things in the big book. And, you know, I wanted to do the steps immediately because I, I wanted to start, I wanted to get going and I was ready to do it. And, um, you know, I think that everyone, you know, sponsorship is important, um, in recovery, but I think, I mean, for me, I, I believe that, you know, everyone, has a different relationship and embraces sponsorship, you know, differently. I think that there are some people, many people who, you know, and this is not negative in any way who really, you know, their sponsor is their lifeline, you know, is their lifeline, you know, really doesn't make a move or a decision about anything, you know, unless, you know, their sponsor is involved. And, you know, that's an extreme. And then there are people that, you know, speak to their sponsor, you know, once a year, you know, that's another extreme. And, you know, there's a lot of in-between stuff. And um, I, for me, when I had my first sponsor, you know, we, you know, we got together every once in a while. I, you know, at the beginning, I, you know, there was a lot going on. So I would text her, you know, a lot during the day. But, you know, after after I was really, you know, um, able to breathe and, you know, I started getting, you know, a couple of weeks, then a couple of months, I didn't have, 
I don't, I can, I, I don't want to say this in a way to turn any, you know, turn anyone off. I just didn't, you know, she was there when I needed her. Um, and I did relapse and, you know, it's funny. She, when, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, if you, if you think you're going to pick up, you know, call your sponsor. Well, my relapse started way before the drink. And I knew that when I wanted to have another drink, there was nothing that was going to stop me. Nothing. I knew that calling my sponsor. Yeah. I called her. I picked up the phone and I said, I'm going to have a drink. And she said, go to a meeting. And I said, no, I'm having a drink. And she said, go to a meeting. And I said, no, I'm have the drink in my hand and I'm drinking it. I mean, there was nothing that was going to stop. <laughs> it's so funny. Like there was just, when I made that decision that I wanted to drink again, it was stupid, but there was nothing that was going to stop me. So, um, I lost my train of thought. Yet. You weren't what? done. They say you weren't done yet. You know, no, I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. And I relapsed for a short period of time and, you know, um, and then I came back um, and she was still my sponsor, but I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I just, I felt like I was doing something wrong with the way, you know, my relationship was with my sponsor because I felt if I'm being honest, I'm going to be honest. I felt like I just didn't need, need it the way some people needed it. And I was feeling great and I was doing all the right things and I was making all the right decisions and slowly, slowly, really amazing things started happening in my life. And I felt that like connection to my sponsor, you know, you know, drift further and further away. I don't know why that was happening. And then it was, you know, when was it? It was less than a year ago or maybe a year ago. I don't even remember. Time is like standing still these days. I thought, you know, I don't know if this is such a good idea. I might not need a sponsor as my lifeline, but I, I, I need to rethink my relationship with my sponsor. And that is when I, um, and then she had moved away. So it made it really difficult. So, you know, um, and many people, right. Many people change sponsors. Not everyone. Most people don't have the same sponsor forever. I did. I had a sponsor who I thought was the most amazing woman. I heard her speak and I said, I want her as my sponsor, my fourth meeting. And she said, I'll take you through the steps. So we went through the steps and then I realized she didn't have everything I wanted. You know, she was, she had a couple of defects that were, you know, raging. And so I said, let me find someone who, you know, it has more of what I want. And I did. And I had to do the steps all over again at like nine months sober. <laughs> with a new sponsor. So I did the steps twice in my first year and that actually helped me a lot because everybody does them differently. And so right. I did differently with my second sponsor and then I moved. So I had to get another sponsor here in Jersey. And then, you know, and then I moved again to DC and then I moved again to Florida. So I had to get another sponsor. So I'm on like my, and then that one passed away. So I'm on my one, two, three, fourth sponsor in yeah. 13 years. But every one of them, the, the longer you're sober, the harder it is to find someone because I feel like you really want someone who has what you want. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, yeah. right. The person that you see in your future that you want to be like. So I'm always looking for someone who goes to a lot of meetings, who has their life together, who doesn't freak out a lot. <laughs> who has, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I want in a sponsor, you know? Um, so I, I, it's more difficult as time goes on. Mm. But um, I'll tell you, when I'm in a tough spot and I'm really struggling, I need someone to reach out to um, because I don't necessarily think about picking up a drink, but I might think about, 
I don't know, hurting myself or something horrible, you know, like who knows? Right. And they say when you come into the rooms that you're going to walk over the bodies and it's no joke. And people that don't want to drink want to die. You know, like if you're sober a long time and you don't want to drink, there's no way out. You know, you can't get the demons out of your head. So um, a lot of people choose that other route. Yes, which I know. I know. And we've seen in our room, many people pass away either by drinking yep. them to death or drugging or, you know, or just saying goodbye to life, you know, and I don't want to do that. Right. So you, you mentioned your kids and I have, you know, three beautiful children, a, be a wonderful husband. And I really don't want to do that to my kids and my, and my family. So I go to my sponsor when I'm feeling really low or I feel like I'm going down that road to uh, a bad place. And she usually will tell me to, like you said, go to a meeting <laughs> or she'll give me some good advice about how she's dealt with that situation. And if she has not dealt with that situation, she'll direct me to someone who has dealt with the same kind of situation and I can get some answers, right? So it's all about solution in this program. Yep. I feel yep. That's the reason I'm in it. I need yep. solutions to all of these yep. things that come up, death, divorce, separation, loss, any type of thing that I'm struggling with. Someone's been through it. Nothing that I'm going through is new. You know, there's always someone that can help me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first time someone approached me, you know, asking me to be their sponsor. Oh my God. I was, I was terrified. You know, I just... Um, I didn't feel like I was good enough, you know, or I could do it the right way or, but, you know, um, I have a few sponsees and, you know, it's been great. And, you know, I make it clear, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is the way I roll. You know, I'm not a huge God girl. I haven't read the big book from cover to cover. You know, I, 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 um, am spiritual, but, um, you know, I, I'm not a big book guru. And if that is what, you know, if that's what you're looking for, you know, then maybe I'm not the one for you, but, uh, you know, all the people that I have sponsored have been, have been really great and we all have different relationships. And again, you know, you know, COVID has just kind of fucked every, you know, everything up and, I haven't seen anyone and I can't wait. I don't even know when I, I can't even, I can't even see when we can go back. I don't, uh, who knows? There are some meetings opening up. There's one at the park in Wachung. There's one um, in the parking lot, I think of the church. Of no, the they do. They, they're, I, I don't know why I just, they've been doing that. They never stopped yeah. even on day one. And I just didn't feel comfortable. I, yeah. I just, I just had a feeling that many or some, you know, wouldn't wear masks, wouldn't, you know, socially distance. I don't know. I just, especially at the beginning, I just, I didn't want to be near anyone. Plus Zoom is super easy. Oh, I know. And I found amazing meetings on Zoom. I have, I'm going to go back. I am, I will go back when it is completely safe to sit inside. Vaccine, right? <laughs> what? When there's a vaccine. Right. Oh my God. I know. I mean, thank God for the Zoom meetings though. They, um, they've really, they, they've been a lifesaver. They they've been a lifesaver. You know, it's funny. I um I always did service, right? So I've always been a big service girl, and I've always you know chaired meetings, done coffee, baked goods, put out right. the books. Right. Me too. Chairs. 
um, uh, sponsorship, um, speaking engagements. Yep, yep, so Zoom, when that started up, I was like, how am I going to do this? I'm not like you, I, I'm not really computer savvy. So I had to learn a whole new skill set by doing like this Zoom meeting, you know, leader. And it was great. It's just been so wonderful to, to touch people's lives in this way. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, doing service, doing this podcast, um, having sponsees, you know, doing speaking engagement, engagements, whatever service looks like, um, that, that keeps me sober. And I, that's not, I'm not just, it's not just, you know, bullshit, like really, truly, that is what, that is what keeps me sober. Absolutely. You know, and I feel so so strongly and I've been completely open and honest um, and put everything out there about my life for people to hear because um, I really feel, you know, that is how you help people. You know, I shared something the other day on Facebook and it was one of the best and I don't like, I don't, I guess I'm doing more and more. I feel a little bit hypocritical because I was never, you know, I don't like, you know, like trite, pithy, like, you know, you know, sayings that people post. But um, there was one that I posted the other day that I loved. Um, I hope I don't screw it up. It was, I recover loudly so people don't die quietly. And um, I just, I love it. I love it. And I feel, I feel really strongly about that. Not everyone does, and that's perfectly okay for them. But, you know, for me, for this alcoholic, I feel that I am called to recover loud. Me too. It's funny because I have an aunt who, um, you know, decided that she wanted to get sober, and she checked out the rooms, and it wasn't for her. She didn't feel comfortable. And then she found, you know, another venue that was only women, and she felt more comfortable there. And they don't have like the 12 steps, they have different amount of steps, you know, and, it, and she's doing it a different way, but it's absolutely working for her. She has over a year sober and she's totally a changed person. She's much happier. Um, and she, she calls me, you know, to check in and it's just a wonderful bond, but it, this program is just one way, you know, that people get sober. Absolutely. And so, absolutely. Right? what worked for us and it might not work for everybody, but it definitely worked for me. And I tried a lot of things, you know, yeah, to get yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I, I think that, I think that's important. I, and I really, it really hit home for me right when the pandemic started and I um, found all of these, you know, strong, uh, recovery warrior women. Um, and it started with, and I always talk about her. It started with, you know, Laura McCowan, who, you know, is an author and a speaker and she's just, she's just amazing. And she created this community of recovery. And, um, I just started reading, a lot of Quitlet, which I have never read in my life. I was so focused on AA and my life was just all about AA. But I have really come to discover that, you know, AA is just one solution. It really is. Um, it saved my life and I'll continue to, you know, have my butt in that seat. 
but there are there are a lot of different paths to recovery. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be AA and, you know, other things. But um, yeah, I really, I really um, have learned that in the past several months that there's not one path to recovery. There is not. There's not. And there's a lot of outside help that we use also. And, we, and the big book says that. It says, you know, please make use of outside help, either, you know, your pastor or rabbi, your yep. therapist. Yep. You know, I was so, I was so focused on, you know, it was just such a myopic way of thinking, you know, and it was really because of the pandemic that I really just started branching out and realizing, wow, you know, there are so, there's just, there is definitely not one path to recovery. Um, So it should be interesting. It should be interesting what happens when, you know, when we're all able to, I don't know. I I, I said before, I don't know when that's going to happen. It might not happen for a really long time. You know, I miss the meeting. I miss seeing everyone, but I, I really can't see when that is going to happen, but let's not be, let's not be pessimistic. Let's talk about, let's, let's let's talk about hope because that's what. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's, it all comes back to hope. You know, when you're on the zoom meetings, I go to three a day. I'll be honest, you know, I have two other uh, programs. I've started Al-Anon. I've started working the steps in Al-Anon and I've started working the steps in ACOA, which have been, ridiculously helpful. Wait, what is that? Adult children of alcoholics. Oh. My dad's an alcoholic. So okay, okay, right, okay. And um, one of my sponsees had started Al-Anon and she said that was great. And she had done the steps and she, I had seen her life get better. So I started Al-Anon and I got a sponsor, the steps. And then she started ACOA. And she invited me to the meeting because it's like this like you know great meeting. And so I went to that and then I said, this can help me too. So I started doing the steps in ACOA. And it just never ends, right? Wow. So your life is good, your life is good, and then you hit, you know, a troublesome patch. And then you realize, you know, my higher power says, you know, you don't need this in your life, or something is taken mm-hmm. away from you, or some problem happens, and I'm in pain and I'm crying. And I'm, and then I realize that my higher power is taking away something that I can't do for myself, right? I don't want to get rid of that thing, person, place, whatever it is. So I'm crying because I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling grief, hopelessness, right? And then the program tells me that, you know, everything happens basically for a reason. And so my, my higher power is taking something away from me. That's my higher power doing something for me that I can't do for myself. And it's just a whole nother way of looking at things. I call it flipping the cookie. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at it as I'm in pain. This is horrible. It's never going to end, you know, sob story. Or you can flip the cookie and say, okay, how can I see this differently? Right? Let me write down this fear that I have of losing or of not getting something that I want or losing something that I have. And then what's going to happen then? So if I lose that thing, person, place, or thing in my life, what happens next? I go to a meeting, I deal with it. I uh, talk to my sponsor about it. Maybe I write a fourth step on it, you know, dig deeper. And then what happens? And then I feel okay again. And then life moves on, right? So change is a part of life. And as an alcoholic, I hate change. I don't want change. Mm. But I 
that hope that everything's going to be okay because I have my higher power. I have a connection to that higher power, which I didn't before. And I love how you say you're not a big, you know, God girl, but it's, it's funny because I never was either. I'll be honest. I never prayed before I had this program, nothing. And then I realized, well, if everybody else is doing it in the program, let me give it a shot. You know, exactly. Right. So I learned this um, set aside prayer and it's, it's, God, please uh, help me set aside everything I think I know about Ooh. situation and let me see the truth. Let me see what you want me to see, I right? Love that. Because I go into any situation with my preconceived notions yep. of what it is and who these people are and what they're going to do, right? I already know what's going to happen because I know, you know, the future and I really exactly. don't. Right. So if I can set aside all those preconceived notions and go into a situation as a blank slate, then I allow my higher power to show me what I need to see. And I'm not it's not clouded with all of this um, anger, hatred, fear, whatever it might be, you know, and I've been seeing things so much differently lately. You know, the whole pandemic, everything has yep, been I believe that completely different because be careful what you ask for though, because you're exactly. going to see some of the bad stuff too, right? It's That's it's, amazing. That's a, That's an amazing point. Yeah. A lot of people right. have an issue when they first come in with, you know, the whole God thing, the whole higher power. Um, I never had an issue with, I'm using air quotes, you know, God per se, you know, I was, I'm not religious, but I always embraced, you know, my religion and I went to temple on the high holidays and you know, I do believe in God. I do. I always believed in God, whatever like that looked like for me or meant through my entire life. You know, I, I, you know, I did believe in God. Um, when they told me when I came into the room that I have to believe in a higher power, you know, something greater than yourself, something greater than yourself. And for me, that was God, you know, for me, you know, that was God. That wasn't, that wasn't really hard for me. Um, it wasn't hard for me, but that's kind of where, for me, for me, that's kind of where it begins and ends, you know, and I do say the serenity prayer, you know, twice every, there is not a day. I mean, sometimes I say it multiple times a day if I'm feeling particularly, you know, uneasy, but you know, when I, my head hits the pillow before I go to bed and when my eyes open and I'm alive in the morning, I say that serenity prayer and, you know, I, I have to believe that it's helping because I'm not drinking, I'm not doing anything stupid and my kids and my dog are still alive. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, you know, for people that aren't in the program, you know, and for people that, you know, you know, don't believe in God, you know, it's, it's kind of a concept that is, you know, that they just can't, you know, that they just can't wrap their brains around and that's okay. You know, I, you know, I get it. Um, but believing in that, you know, believing in that higher power is, you know, that's, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Um, I saw something that you posted and I just want to mention it because I love it. And I might even read it if it doesn't take too long. You posted something on Facebook the other day. Um, I don't know if there's a title to it. It's, you know, um, it's the conversation, me and God. Yes. 
amazing. Oh, I, I'm just going to read it. I, I wish you had it in front of you because we could kind of like say it back and forth. But so it's, it's a conversation. What? You want to do that? I can do that. Okay. Give me one second. Okay. Um, because I just thought I, you know, sometimes you just see something that I just thought it was perfect. And there's so many people that are struggling, you know, not obviously not just alcoholics, everyone, everyone is struggling. Everyone is feeling like life is just so precarious and so scary. And so, you know, I made it through this entire podcast tower without saying anything about um our leadership and i'm not going to say anything about our leadership (laughs) (laughs) i won't i won't i won't i won't but you know when i when i you know when i do think about it which you know anyone who knows me knows that it's on my mind 24 hours a day you know i could get myself into a tailspin me too i'm ready for you okay so all right who, who do you want to be you can be me. Okay. Hello, God. Hello. I'm falling apart. Can you put me back together? I'd rather not. Why? Because you're not a puzzle. What about all the pieces of my life that fall to the ground? Leave them there for a while. They fell for a reason. Let them be there for a while and then decide if you need to take any of those pieces back. You don't understand. I'm breaking. No, you don't understand. You're transcending, evolving. What you feel are growing pains. You're getting rid of the things and the people in your life that are holding you back. The pieces are not falling down. The pieces are being put in place. Relax, take a deep breath, and let those things you no longer need fall down. Stop clinging to pieces that are no longer for you. Let them fall. Let them go. Once I start doing that, what will I have left? Only the best pieces of yourself. I'm afraid to change. I keep telling you, you're not changing, you're becoming. Becoming who? Becoming who I created you to be. A person of light, love, charity, hope, courage, joy, mercy, grace, and compassion. I made you for so much more than those shallow pieces of you decided to adorn yourself with and that you cling to with so much greed and fear. Let those things fall off you. I love you. Don't change. Become. Don't change. Become. Become who I want you to be, who I created. I'm going to keep telling you this until you remember. There goes another piece. Yes. Let it be like this. So I'm not broken? No, but you're breaking the darkness like dawn. It's a new day. Become, become who you really are. I love that. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. Okay. I think that that's a good place to, to end. Um, will you come back on so we could talk more? I would love to anytime. Okay. I would, I would, I would love it. Thank you so so much. Um, I really, I, I love, I love your words. I love your thoughts. I love your voice. And I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And I know it's a crazy time. This is going to be the end of season one. Season one is wrapping up 
And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to recover out loud. I think that for me, you know, the meaning of my life is, you know, to find my gift, to find my purpose and give it away. And that is exactly what you have enabled me to do. So with so much gratitude, I, I thank you. And season two is going to be even better than season one. So I will be back after Labor Day. And I look forward to more um, amazing conversations. I'm always cheering for you. Big kisses.